A matrix breaker is a person of honorable character who values living a principled life. Character is foundational to being a matrix breaker because without it, you can never truly achieve a fulfilling existence. To be a person of character means people can trust you and be led by your actions. By acknowledging this commitment to character, we can now be certain that we are ready to stand up for what we believe in and have the conviction to progress forward in breaking the matrix. We do not take actions that violate our principles. Doing so is a direct contribution to empowering the matrix, which seeks to divide and conquer all of us. We think through our actions to justify them as the right thing to do, backed by absolute truths. Character is our third principle as matrix breakers because it deals with living a fulfilled life of honesty, integrity, and courage. In this podcast, I will be referring to a book called Resolved by Oren Woodward. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating, review, and feel free to share this with your family and friends. If you would like to support Matrix Breakers, feel free to check out the products and services I provide through the company Longevity. You can access exclusive discounts and support this podcast financially by purchasing any of the incredible products provided for you there. You'll find the 90 essential nutrients your body needs every day in an accessible three-product system. In addition, you'll also find powerful CBD products, energy drinks, coffee, skincare, and much more. I will have more information on everything in the store on other podcasts in the future. For now, just know that a part of breaking the matrix is investing in your health and vitality, which is all possible at dylansuggs.youngevity.com. To clarify, that's D-Y-L-O-N-S-U-G-G-S dot Y-O-U-N-G-E-V-I-T-Y dot com. If you have any specific questions or inquiries about the products and services, you can always reach me directly at matrixbreakers at gmail. If you have any additional questions, research, or information about the podcast you'd like to send to me, you can also reach me at that email. Now, let's begin. I know that character is who I am, and my reputation is only what others say that I am. Integrity is essential for leadership. Because without it, people will not follow the leader for long. They will tire of the leader's words not matching up with his actions. Of course, even when leaders have integrity, they still receive criticism from others without integrity. Nevertheless, leaders of integrity expect to be believed, and when they are not, they let time prove them right. Author Mark Sanborn explain the importance of integrity to leadership. When integrity ceases to be a leader's top priority, when a compromise of ethics is rationalized away as necessary for the greater good, when achieving results becomes more important than the means to their achievement, that is the moment when a leader steps onto the slippery slope of failure. It is imperative to your leadership that you constantly subject your life and work to the highest scrutiny. Words like honorable, honest, integrity, dutiful, and faithful describe a person with integrity. Trustworthy, by the way, is the other word, so mix that up a bit. But just to start off with that beginning statement here in the book, what we're looking at is this idea when you're leading people, which... Not everybody is, but in my personal opinion, everyone is a leader in some shape or form. It could be you're leading your family. It could be you're leading your little brother or your little sister. It could be you leading your friends. Uh, you may not look at it that way, but I can tell you if you're listening to this podcast, you more than likely are a leader. And that is why we are having this discussion. But when you're leading people, you have to have character because without character, you 
are going to fall apart. The people that are following you, they're going to realize that, again, your words do not match your actions. And that is very, very key. Three principles to live by when it comes to character. Never lie, never cheat, and never steal. Let's go into the concept of never lying. The first principle indicates a person's worth is his word. This demands the person speaks the truth which over time leads to trust when a person states the facts as they are rather than as he wishes them to be. He is being truthful. Unfortunately, many people fall into the habit of lying because they want to impress others with their amazing stories and accomplishments. While the truth may not be as impressive, it is the truth, and that is what should be shared. Nonetheless, many people, through being more concerned with their reputation than their integrity, choose to exaggerate and manufacture lies rather than tell the truth. Evidently, choosing to appear impressive rather than be impressive, what an odd perspective of what is truly important. Author Jack Canfield observed, in reality, lying is the product of low self-esteem, the belief that you and your abilities are not good enough to get what you want, the false belief that you cannot handle the consequences of people knowing the truth about you, which is simply another way of saying, I am not good enough. This is why character is so important to leadership. It's about this idea and going into this one principle of never lying. See, because the truth is more popular than you would imagine. The truth is so sexy that people admire it when you speak it. You know, if you're out there trying to impress people, you know, everyone's out there trying to impress people. Everyone's out there trying to be people or a person that they are not. This is very important and this is why it's one of the first principles in having integrity is to never lie. The biblical belief system teaches that lying comes from the author of all lies, Satan. Thus, the more a person lies, the more his conscience becomes hardened and the more difficult it is to tell the truth the next time. Outside of God's grace, the hardened liar would be trapped in his own web of lies and mass fabrications. So it's this thing, uh, the concept of once you lie, you have to lie again to cover up your lies, right? And what happens is you literally start living in a psychosis where you are believing your own lies. You're believing um, th the fact that not only other people lying to you, but equally your own lies to yourself. You don't even know what's real and what's not real. You literally have created memories based on your own lies because you've been able to tell lies so well. Honestly, you know, when I was younger, I, I know this for a fact because this has definitely happened to me before where I might have, you know, BS'd my friends on some story I did, you know, said something I did with some girl that I didn't really do, you know, or something like that. And, you know, you, you catch yourself in some BS, right? Uh, and, and that's true. Most guys know what I'm talking about. You catch yourself saying something, oh yeah, you know, I did this and this and that. You're bragging about whatever. And you're young, you know, you're, you're in a football locker room, you know, you're in middle school, whatever. And you say stuff that you really didn't do just to impress the guys, knowing that they might never find out. That is totally real. People do that all the time. And what is going on here is you are really creating a web of lies. And therefore, when you get used to lying once, you get used to lying consistently. Tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth when speaking to others and self. In fact, the exception to this rule is when the truth will hurt a person more than help them. At which point the tactful thing is to say nothing rather than a hurtful truth. Gossip is another exception. Just because a person has truth does not mean he should kill another person's reputation, usually in an effort to make his own look better. In this example, unless a person is sharing truth with someone in a position to resolve a conflict, it's best not to share anything. Protecting another's reputation by maintaining silence, not sharing hurtful truths, is not lying, but instead loving others by practicing tact. So what is the principle here? It's not just tell the truth. It says never lie. 
So what he's saying here is even though you have the truth about somebody or something, it doesn't mean that it is in your right to share that truth with others because sometimes that can be a hurtful truth. That's what the, that's what the point is here. Second principle is never cheat. The second principle, never cheat, ensures a person maintains integrity by never harming others to benefit self. Cheating destroys the trust of others. For who would trust someone who cheated them? Ironically, because cheating ruins the trust necessary for leadership. The person who cheats ends up cheating himself the most. Think about it. If a person is bragging about he cheated somebody or how he cheated someone, isn't he most likely to cheat others if given the opportunity? Either a person is trustworthy or he isn't, and this all begins with personal integrity. There is no honor among thieves, and associating with liars, cheaters, and stealers can only damage your integrity. Like the old saying states, you become what you associate with. Cheating may appear to be a shortcut to success, but in reality, it's a dead end. Don't be fooled by people who seem to get away with cheating because the chickens always come home to roost. Dishonest leaders cannot maintain trust, which forces them to do more work for less results because they're always replacing their community of followers. Integrity many seem old-fashioned, but it's foundational for all true success. Great movements are built by people of principle who followed through on their word and fulfilling their commitments without needing legal coercion to force them to do the right thing. Socrates, or Socrates, how do you want to say it? Um, Socrates, that's the right word. Socrates taught, if it were necessary to do or to suffer injustice, it would, or I would choose rather to suffer than to do injustice. Whereas suffering injustice may hurt temporarily, performing an injustice hurts permanently, damaging the soul. A person cheats himself when he cheats, even if he can get away with it. The damage done internally is incalculable. This cheating concept is very, very, very important. Uh, because it is very true, and I believe it is very spiritual, that you may have gotten away with cheating whether you know it was something that was behind closed doors, but in reality, you know in your heart of hearts that you didn't truly make that win, you cheated. And this is big time because you know all of us out here, usually we are fooled by people who are making money or who say they make all this money or they're doing all these great things uh, and they look down on others or they wanna, you know, even politically, you know, some people wanna say and espouse that they believe in something, but they don't actually walk the walk. They're just talking the talk. And this is part of having character. That is part of cheating. It's because you're cheating others by saying you're doing something, but you're really not. It's a part of lying as well. Never steal. The third principle is another essential for building leadership trust. If a person steals from others, he fortifies the trust of that person and the rest of the team who is aware of the lack of integrity. Strikingly, one of the biggest reasons for the decline in economic productivity is the stealing epidemic that exists in society today. For example, Robert Half Personnel Staffing Agency, that's a company, has estimated that time theft alone is costing the American economy approximately $70 billion a year. That is equivalent to the annual revenues of conglomerates the size of Boeing, Walgreens, and Apple, to name just a few. Time theft, the deliberate misuse of time employee or by employees while one on the clock, while one the company clock, causes permanent damage to production and profitability. So again, even though you believe you're not stealing by subvert subvertently stealing by just staying on the clock at your work, that is still stealing. And what he's laying out here is how much that costs in revenues when you're paying employees for doing work they did not do. And this is that whole entire thing. Going back to the never cheating aspect, you know, when people do cheat and they're leading a group of people, you know, they have to renew that community of followers 
all of the time because they're constantly cheating. They're constantly, you know, not following through on their actions. People with a memory, they don't follow people who espouse certain things but don't actually have those actions lined up with what they're saying. That is a part of cheating. And this is why there's new socialists every single year. It seems like they're changing all the time because they're not actually believing and doing what they're what they're espousing to do. Um, and so that's what's extremely important. So after all, integrity is not concerned with the outside consequences, but rather the inside ones. These three principles certainly improve economic production, but they are worth much more than improved output. For the foundation of a person's character is personal integrity. When this aspect is considered, the value of these three principles is priceless. Commit now to never lie, never cheat, and never steal. No matter how many people sell out their personal integrity, do not stoop to this level. Two wrongs or more can never make anything right. How True is that there are so many people in our lives that have cheated, have stolen, have lied, and we watch it all the time, but yet we we have to stay true to our principles. We cannot violate those principles, as I said in the beginning, because if we do so, we're no better than the people who constantly do it and do it in your face, okay? Character overall. Personal integrity is crucial to a leader's success, but it is not sufficient by itself to ensure unimpeachable character. To move from integrity to character, one must combine courage with integrity. Courage, the strength to follow one's convictions even when it hurts, is a rare trait today. Whereas integrity is not doing the wrong thing character goes further and does the right thing. So again, I'm going to repeat that where integrity is not doing the wrong thing, character goes further and does the right thing. So let's think about that. There are always opportunities for you to avoid doing the wrong thing. Yeah, that's cool. But then to take action and do the right thing. Integrity doesn't participate in wrong, but character displays the courage of one's convictions to participate in righting the wrong. This is easier said than done because addressing wrongs can create enemies. How true is that? Hence, many choose the easier path of not doing wrong with the comfort of non-involvement rather than the discomfort of tactful confrontation. A person regretfully who fears conflict more than hypocrisy usually ends up surrendering his principles for peace. This is the beginning of the end for character. For inevitably, Every loss in character begins when convictions are compromised for convenience. Ooh, that's strong. Leaders know that character comes at a price, especially when moral stands must be made. Moral stands that upset those who choose comfort. But character-based leaders cannot do otherwise, for one's reputation is not as important as as one's character. Be more concerned with your character, not your reputation, because your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think you are. This is so on par with the reality of today. How often are we seeing things go awry and we're not taking action in a rightful, truthful manner? We're sitting on the sidelines in our life and we're afraid to step up. Then that is as bad as not having character because you are worried about your reputation. And as you can see here, you shouldn't be worried at your, about your reputation. You should be more concerned about your character and how you exist on the planet where you are judged by God, not by the world. And so do the right thing even if you believe it is unpopular. To develop character. Still, even 
after acknowledging that character is more important than reputation, how exactly does one develop character? The simple but not easy answer is contained in the formula character equals integrity times courage. This formula indicates the relationship between each of the attributes. Author C.S. Lewis highlighted the importance of courage when he wrote, Courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. Therefore, a person of integrity who is without courage fails the test and lacks the character to stand his ground when his highest principles are challenged. It's only at the testing point, as a matter of fact, when his integrity and courage are stretched to the limit that a person's character is determined. Character demands courage, and this is the virtue most lacking in today's culture. Most people would rather enjoy peace and affluence, minding their own business, than standing against injustice, especially if the injustice is not directed towards them. People of character, however, respond differently, knowing that by refusing to check injustice, they are tactily supporting it. Reverend Martin, I'm not going to say this right, but it sounds like Niemöller, he was a Nazi prison camp survivor. He explained, and I quote, First, they arrested the communists, but I was not a communist, so I did nothing. Then they came for the social democrats, but I was not a social democrat, so I did nothing. Then they arrested the trade unionists, and I did nothing because I was not one. And then they came for the Jews, and then the Catholics. But I was neither a Jew nor a Catholic, and I did nothing. At last, they came and arrested me, and there was no one left to do anything about it. So many times, injustice spreads not because everyone approves, but rather because too few people have the courage to disapprove and instead of shining light into darkness, they hide in the dark themselves. Character acts even when it's uncomfortable to end injustice. This is very key. And what we're seeing today, just as an example, is the purge of a lot of conservatives online, including Facebook and YouTube and other Google and technology platforms where, you know, that is just not right. Because again, as you can see here, based on the man here, Martin, the, the reverend, you know, he didn't say anything when other people who he was not or he did not associate with you know, were taken into prison camps. He said nothing. Well, this is, it sounds, you know, this is not as bad, but it's like when you're taken off a platform because you believe a certain ideology, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, it's all good because you don't agree with it, right? But then what happens when they go for everybody else? Now you realize that just speaking out against, let's say, something like Monsanto or speaking out against prescription medications or speaking out against abortion or vaccines or other things that you might be passionate about, all of a sudden you're banned from the technology platforms and no one is there to speak up for you. So at the end of the day, that is exactly what is going on and I can tell you right now, it is important that you step up for these principles of freedom, right? We talked about that already in the first principle. You know, freedom doesn't mean your freedom, it means everybody's freedom. Perhaps just as puzzling a question for a person with courage in today's relativistic age is determining what principles are worth sacrificing for. For without moral absolutes, a compass to discern right from wrong, anything is permissible. Who says stealing is wrong? What if 51% of the people voted in favor of stealing? Does that really make it right? Moral absolutes then are not based on votes, but on the moral order inherent in the world. 
Biblical principles were foundational to building modern civilization, even when they weren't practiced consistently. At least we had a standard to call out hypocrites. Without a standard, there are no hypocrites because no absolutes are claimed. This moral foundation produces freedom with order, wealth with morality, and charity with love, which makes progress possible in the various fields of civilization. With notable moments of hypocrisy, Western civilization has advanced the cause of truth in the physical, mental, and spiritual realms greatly. Dismally, however, for the past 100 years, the moral order is decaying, rotting at its roots. Naturally, this rot has led to a subsequent decline in freedom, order, wealth, moral, morality, charity, and love. Is mankind truly secure when it consists of technological giants and moral midgets? To restore character, then, leaders must restore their courage, which is fed from having convictions worth sacrificing for. This is the point of having this idea of a matrix-breaking mentality. See, as a matrix-breaker, you are somebody who is going to stand up for freedom. You are going to have character in that you have integrity by not doing the wrong thing, but you have integrity and courage by having a full, complete character in place. You have the courage to stand up and do what's right. You have the courage to actually step out even though it's against the odds, even though it's against the norms, and you're going to speak out and you're going to take action against people that are suppressing or oppressing others. This is not your modern day social justice warrior who lives a lie. There are real battles happening right now in the world spiritually, mentally, and the matrix wants you to believe that we are all racist and we all have these divisions. It is called the great game. It is something that I will get into much later on in the podcast, but the great game is a historical military strategy by the British who used it many, many times, but as an example in India, where they only had 2,000 military personnel present in India, but somehow were managing to conquer over 2 million known people. And it was by warring tribes against one another. Think about that. They were warring these tribes against one another, and they called it the great game. You see, the controllers in the Matrix, they want us to believe in black, white, Mexican, Asian, all the like. And they want us all divided in that way. Martin Luther King said it himself, you do not judge a man by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And it is time for us to go back to Martin Luther, not by looking at the white man or looking at the black man or looking at each other. That's what they want you to believe. So what I am telling you is an absolute truth. They want the great game to play out right here, right now. You see, because if people are not victims, then they cannot be under the control of the matrix. If you have somebody who is black or Mexican or uh, they identify Native American or however, walking away from the controllers saying, I'm not a victim. I live in a free country. I have the freedom of speech. I have the freedom of bearing arms. I have all of these other constitutional rights of property and liberty, and I will speak out against it and I will go or, or speak out for it. And I will speak out against anybody coming after those freedoms. That right there is breaking the matrix, you see, because we talked about our freedoms in the first podcast. And if you're listening this far and you haven't listened to the Freedom Podcast, you absolutely need to listen to it. It is not political. It is merely historical. It is something that happened here in America that then was a shining light on the hill. And that is how we are represented around the world. Yes, we want other countries to be great, but we do not want them pouring over our borders. We do not want them coming in freely in and out of here. We are not the European Union. 
union. We are not going to just give out uh, passports and uh, legal citizenship to absolutely everybody. There is so much that goes into that that deals with principles. We want the best of those people not to come here, but to go back and have a life there in their countries and show their countries what freedom was like, show their countries by running for office in their countries politically, mentally, spiritually, and bringing truth to their nations, bringing freedom to their nations, being the enlightened thought, the enlightened thinkers in their nations. Do not abandon your nation. Stay at your post. Stay in your nations. Do not flood the borders of the United States or Canada or Europe. Remain in the nation that you're in constantly. If you're hearing me and you're international, you need to step up right now in your nation and you need to have freedoms instilled inside of you that you're getting from this very podcast and others that are out there on the internet. If you have the freedom of having the internet and you are able to tune into good information like this, you need to step up in your own nation. These are ways of looking at immigration policies and other po- politics that nobody is going to tell you. I am telling you right now that there are ways of looking at this that is very different than what the mainstream way of thinking is. The Matrix wants you thinking on one party line or the other. The Matrix wants you to believe that you're a victim. They want you to believe in dividing and conquering. I do not believe that. You are all believing this exact principles. These principles make sense. Just talking about having character is extremely significant to the progress of our reality. Now let's move on. Courage is a person's choice to get involved in defending his highest principles even when his own personal interest isn't at stake. Pragmatism, then, is compromising one's highest principles for short-term personal advancements. Courage, on the other hand, accepts only noble compromises, willingly sacrificing personal gains to advance one's highest principles. I have heard it said that courage is not the absence of fear, but the perception that there is something far more important at stake. Having such a something gives us the ability to resist giving in to fear and to eventually rise above it. It is, it is only in the presence of fear that true courage can be exercised. But without this something, how can we see beyond those things we're afraid of? So what this is really referring to is people who are pragmatists, who are only thinking for their individual selves. They're thinking, well, how do I stay ahead? How do I stay out of the light? How do I, you know, just get around and live by or get by? Well, the the reality there is that is not courage. That is not character. Again, going back, integrity. Yeah, you're not doing the wrong thing, buddy. But you're not doing the right thing either. And by having courage, you are able to do the right thing. Moving on. The greatest crisis in America is a crisis of leadership. And the greatest crisis of leadership is a crisis of character. Now let's talk about exploiters versus producers. There are only two distinct paths a person can take in life. This is important. He can either choose to produce results through performance or search for ways to exploit other people's production. The question is, at what price does he switch from being a producer to being an exploiter. This is the price at which one sells out his character. People of character refuse to sell out at any price, but people without character pragmatically look for opportunities to sell to the highest bidder, sacrificing character for personal profits. Producers create value by serving other people's needs, while exploiters plunder from producers to serve their own needs. If producers do not satisfy their customers, either directly in the service industries 
or indirectly by creating products that are desired, they will fail in business. Since producers do not look for handouts, only hand-ups, they must have character in order to build trust with other customers. For without character, the customer's trust will be broken, driving customers to competitors who have been proven trustworthy. Producers focus on building long-term relationships through character, serving customers in a win-win fashion, and developing repeat business. How important is that? Now we're getting more into an entrepreneurial way of thinking. See, you have producers who are out there struggling, who are out there making ends meet, who are out there, you know, making uh, the best of themselves, who are out there accomplishing big things, who are out there able to create prosperity for others uh, by giving great products or services, correct? And if they do not satisfy their customers, then guess what? They're out of business and therefore they do not get an income. They do not get provided for, right? And then what... Looking for the word. Plunderers do, exploiters do, is they try to deviate from producing anything. They just want to take from those who do produce, okay? Now, again, I don't want to get too political here, but how real is this when it comes to free education, free health care, okay? Free transportation, Free everything, living expenses, housing, all of it. Guys, it's got to come from somewhere. It's got to come from somewhere. The government doesn't produce anything. The only real way a government can produce something is by war. Then possibly, maybe, the spoils of war, you know, can come to the nation. This is how old historical way of looking at things was. When governments were seeking more power, they were trying to conquer other territory. They were trying to conquer other resources. They were trying to conquer other peoples so that they could enslave them or, you know, be able to take their resources and use them for their own nation's benefits. And so this is where people get confused about nationalism and things because that's what they think nationalism is. They think that they think that, oh, it's, it's one country trying to war against another country. But in reality, that's really not even the case. Not even today. What we're talking about is the government doesn't produce anything of its own. You know, we here today, you know, we have to look at producing ourselves. We have to believe in humanity. See, the matrix wants you to believe that you are subvert uh, servants of their system. They want you to just take a handout and just exist uh, on their terms. But to me, I don't believe that at all. Producers are people who go out and make opportunity. Producers are people who go out there and serve the many. Exploiters, on the other hand, produce nothing or next to nothing. They rely on privileged positions gained through their political maneuverings and are rewarded by other people's labors. Lord Action, who's referring to another person, had said, and I quote, Power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely. In reality, absolute power doesn't corrupt. It just reveals a person's character. His willingness to exploit is always present. Lying dormant until his increased power places him in a position to reveal his lack of character by exploiting others. Exploiters love to live parasitically off producers, fattening themselves from fruits produced in others' gardens. Exploiters flock to professions where performance is difficult to measure. Positions in government, bureaucratic corporations, and even large religious or charitable organizations all fit the bill. These fields are ripe for exploiters because here they can more easily hide from the real customers and advance through office politics, not customer service, 
any field protected from marketplace realities will see exploiters increase and producers decrease. Now you're understanding. The higher a person's character is, the harder it is to buy him. For he resists all offers or threats intended to bend his character to an exploiter's will. However, most people do have a price. Selling out their character for the rewards offered and surrendering their alleged principles for their pocketbooks or peace. Wow. Again, this book was written in like 2011, so it's not even talking about today's day and age or today's politics. But I mean, how real is this? If you look at history, I mean, this is the thing. If people actually study history, they will have a full understanding of who really is an exploiter and how they did get revealed over time. You see, it's people at first who look like they're producing great things, who look like they're having a meaningful discussion with the people, and they rise to power, and then historically, as you follow them, you realize that at the end, they were really just exploiters, and they were nobody really special. So let's move on from that. Absolute power opens an avenue for plunder creating opportunities for exploitation and allowing the few to make money without serving the many. Since there aren't any free lunches in life, this something for nothing is paid for by others in society who get nothing for something. Indeed, when a person exploits another through coercion, coercion, he has stolen another individual's time, effort, and just reward. Just because someone has the power to exploit does not give them the right to do so. The darkest hour in any man's life is when he sits down to plan how to get money without earning it. It takes people with impeccable personal character to withstand the temptation to exploit choosing principles over profits by refusing to personally gain at the expense of others. In the annals of history, there are only a few recorded instances of people like George Washington willingly surrendering power for the sake of justice. So again, getting something for nothing, where the other people get nothing for something. So somebody has to pay the bill. And when people talk about taxing the rich, it is not a reality. They consider rich people, people who make 80, 90, or $100,000 a year. I can tell you right now that people making that much are struggling more than anybody else because most people are living in debt. And most people don't know how to handle their finances even when it comes to having that much money. So when you want to tax people at that rate, then you're bringing them even lower and you're allow you're taking from them something that they gained and you're giving them nothing in return. So very, very interesting. Um, this is the uh, really one of the last parts of character, which is talking about self betrayal and so it's so important that all of us here listening are not people who fall into this category and i know i've definitely fallen into the category but i am telling you that this is an important jurisdiction uh to learn about okay so here we go perhaps the fatal flaw to success a flaw so personal and painful that most people avoid its truth at all costs an avoidance that derails more dreams than all other obstacles combined is self-betrayal. Self-betrayal is part of personal character. After all, as stated previously, leadership is character in motion. And how can someone have character if he betrays himself? Self-betrayal begins the moment a person does not follow through on his personal commitments. This type of betrayal is so difficult to detect because it's so subtle. For instance, maybe the reader set a goal to get up early and study or exercise before work. But when the alarm went off, you quickly shut it off and rationalized. You needed to sleep more. 
than following through on your commitment to yourself. How many of you have been guilty of that? Of course, this little lie fuels further compromises and before long, lying to oneself has become a habit. In fact, anytime you make a commitment to yourself and do not follow through, you have taught yourself that lying is acceptable. This is where most people fail. Personal character to oneself. I know, I know, no one likes to be called a liar, but how many times have you committed to do something and didn't follow through? I'm not talking about commitments to others, but rather personal commitments. So if you're a person of character and you're trying to live within your means and having personal character, very, very, very important because again, you have to you have to be able to have no compromises on your own commitments. If you're committed to doing something, you get it done. You do it. You follow through on it because although it's a quiet commitment, no one knows about it, personal character is the start of having real character that shows throughout the world to everybody else. Moving on. Character plus competence equals trust. Trust is a function of two things, character and competence. Character includes integrity, your motive and your intent with your people. Competence includes your capabilities, your skills, your results, and your track record. Both are vital. When enough people with character and competence join together, they create trusting communities that change the world, one person and one team at a time. History records many examples of a brave minority who tried or who tired of the state of decline in their society, built leadership platoons of change through the trust formed by the convergence of character and competence, creating a tipping point for change and altering the course of history. That is exactly what I'm looking to do here with the podcast Matrix Breakers and furthermore with the community of people who identify as Matrix Breakers. We, what we're trying to accomplish here is we are all competent human beings with this character, which means to not only have integrity, but to also be somebody who gets shit done, to say it politely, to really do things, to really take actions. This is a part of being a matrix breaker. This is a part of being a convenient, uh, a part of the community. Now, what it's saying here is that history records many, 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 many people who have accomplished this task, who have changed the world by committing to their own competence, to their own character, believing that, hey, you know what? I'm going to be busy accomplishing the task I need to do because the guy next to me, he's going to be busy accomplishing his task that he knows he needs to do and she needs to do, you know, women included. So this is the thing that we all need to understand. And lastly, to close out this podcast is the what I would consider one of the best economists and historical um, books that I've read. This is one of the quotes that he has made, and it's by him. In the market economy, the consumers are supreme. Consumers determine by their buying or abstention from buying what should be produced, by whom, and how, of what quality, and in what quantity. The entrepreneurs... Capitalists and landowners who fail to satisfy in the best possible and cheapest way the most urgent of the not yet satisfied wishes of the consumers are forced to go out of business and forfeit their preferred position. The fundamental principle of capitalism is mass production to supply the masses it is the patronage of the masses that makes enterprises grow into bigness. The common man is supreme in the market economy. He is the customer who is always right. Here's an idea. Guys, how often are we finding ourselves buying products that are crappy in nature? Because they are monopolized. 
They are a part of a monopoly. They are a part of, you know, let's say Walmart or they're another, a brand that is supreme, a brand that is so supreme that it ends up taking over the other smaller companies than they can't even produce. And today you have even big tech who's blocking you from accessing small businesses, from accessing other companies because big companies are buying up all the advertising, right? So that goes kind of right into why I do business with Longevity, for example. If you're listening this far, highly encourage you to check out these products in Longevity. You can get great discounts through my link, D-Y-L-O-N-S-U-G-G-S dot Y-O-U-N-G-E-V-I-T-Y.com, Youngevity.com, DylanSuggs.Youngevity.com. You got nutrition, you got all the wellness products, you got products that you're already buying and you can get them through my link. You can get them directly through my store. And so that right there, um, the reason why I offer those products is because you're not going to find that kind of quality at the store. You won't, I promise you. Get get one of the products and go to the store with the ingredients and the labels and try to find a supreme product, a better product, a better coffee. You're not going to find better coffee at HEB. It's impossible. You're not going to find better coffee at Whole Foods than you would find at Longevity. It's impossible. And so, again, I'm going to go over all the different products that are found there in the um, awesome, awesome store of longevity in other podcasts, but that is a part of what I do as a capitalist. You see, I'm a capitalist. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a producer. I'm somebody who comes out into the world and is trying to make it a better place by providing you with products and services that are going to make your life better, that are going to give you a higher quality of life. You see, because that's what the essence of a matrix breaker does. I know some of you who have listened this far, even to the podcast, you have got to be an entrepreneur. If you're not an entrepreneur, I want you to email me at matrixbreakers at gmail.com. If you are not an entrepreneur yet and you're looking to start a business, something that's simple and easy and doesn't cost a lot of money, definitely get in touch with me because that's exactly what I do in business. I help coach people in getting paid, making money by offering products and services that people already buy. Uh, and so that's another uh, for another time. But I wanted to just plug right there, guys, because this takes a lot of work. I'm putting together a lot of content and I'm able to deliver this to you guys because I love it. And it's because I really do enjoy doing this. And if you support me by buying any of the products at my store, that is phenomenal. You will not regret it. And I would love to hear your testimonial as well. Um, but more than anything, one way, if you don't want to buy anything, that you can support this is just share it. If you're right now on Facebook and you're watching this, share this with other people. Share this with your friends and family. Go about your life and continue to comment, like, and uh, the, the podcast as well. Subscribe to it. Leave a review. If you're listening to this through podcast, then that is also absolutely phenomenal and I thoroughly enjoy your attention. So again, guys, In conclusion, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for principle number four. All right, peace.